This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at woodhousebuickgmc.com. We are professional grade. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week, we're rocking out with the <laughs> Rockstars, girl. Oh, hell yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are on book 72, listeners. And it's uh, it's got um, rock and roll. It's, I mean, there's hanging out by the pool. It's uh... <laughs> It's got Lila playing the marimba. It's got the ghostwriter not really understanding what a marimba is, as far as I could tell. Very much not. <laughs> it's uh, It's got Nicholas Morrow being a dickhead. Oh, nothing's changing there anyway. Yeah, At least he's consistent, you know. Well, good point, yeah. Nicholas um, and his yacht and the implication. Yeah. Oh my God. He <laughs> the SS <is> implication. <laughs> Dennis Reynolds, as I think my notes say in all caps at one stage. Oh, God. But let's dive right in with some taglines and blurbs. And the cover tagline is, who's the new girl at Sweet Valley High? Ooh. Well, she's the rock star's girl. I I guess so. (laughs) One way or another, she is a rock star's girl. True. Uh, So our, our kind of back cover tagline then is simply, looks can be deceiving. I mean, they're deceiving if you're very dim and have a kind of a... Absolutely, like a sewer. <laughs> yeah. Um. So here's the big blurb. Jessica can't believe it. Her idol, rock star Jamie Peters, has moved to Sweet Valley. <laughs> if only she could meet him. Her career as a star <laughs> in inverted commas, listeners, in inverted commas. Her career as a star would really take off. Peeking through the bushes bordering his estate, hoping to find a way to talk to him, Jessica sees something shocking. <gasps> Andrea Slade, the quiet new girl at Sweet Valley High, is lounging by the pool with Jamie, and she's acting as if they are more than just good friends. I mean, she isn't. 
thank fuck because otherwise yeah. this would be oh this makes it sound issue. creepy yeah and it's not yeah. it's absolutely not creepy she literally spoiler alert in case anybody thinks there's going to be something disturbing in this book she gives him a kiss on the cheek it is completely normal um anyway apparently that's more than just good friends jessica and uh the blurb ends with could a 16 year old nobody like andrea really be a rock star's girlfriend ouch <laughs> i mean depressingly in real life the answer is probably yes especially then but luckily for us in this book the answer is no Thank God. <laughs> no, yeah. Jesus Christ. Grim. Well, the cover is <laughs> quite the feast for the eyes. Oh, this is, we've had a pretty good run of covers, I feel like, lately. Yeah. We're on a real kind of streak of fucking dynamite covers. And this one is up there. It's so good. So, yeah, even though I suppose Andrea isn't like, you know, the first person you'd think of when you think of Sweet Valley High, she's given us plenty to look at on this cover. Like, oh. she is cool as shit she's deadly yeah um so yeah it's andrea and jessica on the cover um and i will say jessica for once is actually dressed like something approaching a teenager which i do appreciate she i wear that top yeah she's wearing a little tank top it's got purple and white little uh, thin stripes on it lavalier of course on show uh she's wearing jeans then andrea beside her uh she's so cool like she's way too cool for sweet valley to be honest oh God, yeah. why does she like it so much go back to new york andrea um yeah so she's got uh, like long her hair is like shoulder length but longer than jessica's would say Mm. and it's got lovely waves she's really cool she's holding a guitar even though there's no mention of her ever playing the guitar or being interested in music herself true Um, true. she's wearing a black kind of crop top it's like a halter neck yeah Uh, it's so deadly um she's wearing a necklace actually yeah it's it's not unlike it's like a the wakefield lavalier it's just yeah it's just really long um so yeah long pendant a uh, big chunky black belt with her jeans mm. she looks really cool um this is a great cover yeah it is a great cover and uh yeah she like we said she's too cool for these saps and sweet valley <laughs> high and yet somehow she is just very eager to be not only accepted by them, but to stay there forever. Well, that's how it rolls. If you move to Sweet Valley, you know, you can check it anytime you like. (laughs) You can never leave. Ever. (laughs) Oh, her hair is great. It's like golden brown. I've got my hair envy. It's an unusual example of some good Sweet Valley hair. Best hair since Lynn Henry, I think. Oh, I think you're right. Oh my God, it's the guitar girls are giving (gasps) us the good hair. True. Wow. wow. Actually, this, so this is yeah. She's the, the second instrument holder. holder. Even if she's not playing it. <laughs> yeah. And there's no references to her being at all interested in playing guitar. But look, it, it looks cool. So we'll give her that. <laughs> it does. And uh, she is a, uh, um, you know, she actually has a personality, uh, which I I think she is quite likable apart from her obsession with Sweet Valley. Yes, very true. Obviously, we don't approve of. <laughs> well. The story begins in the locker room and Enid is losing her damn mind. Oh, she's so excited. Uh, Her green eyes are shining and everything. This is such a huge (laughs) development for poor Enid, who clearly has fuck all going on at the minute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she runs up to Liz and she's like, you'll never guess who I had lunch with today. Like, it's this massive deal. And uh, Liz is like, ooh, let me guess. Someone cute, funny, available and male. Uh, Because, you know, Enid's a massive horn dog now that she's single. Um, uh, And I love how consistent that is actually across 
books and TV show. <laughs> Very much so. I mean, that. But I mean, I would not be surprised if in the TV show we saw the butterfly net. Yeah, <laughs> it would I, fit right in. Yeah, I think Edith TV Edith. Who I we much prefer to book Edith. I think TV Edith could pull it off. Definitely. Uh, well, she's basically when, Je- when Liz says this, basically like chance would be a fine thing, and uh, <laughs> asks Liz to guess again. And uh, by the way, we're reminded of what an amazing writer Liz is, and we're told that even though her schoolwork and her longtime boyfriend Todd Wilkins were her priorities, she always made time to perfect her craft. No. The craft that's, how you be, that's, how, that's how you become a professional writer, apparently. apparently. Oh, that's where I'm going wrong. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, perfecting writing eyes and ears. G- good luck with that, Liz. <laughs> um, but uh, Edith says it wasn't a date and she's sad about that because we're told she's more than a little interested in meeting someone new. Certainly is. Uh, but yeah, she's been with the new girl in town. Yeah, so this new girl who's just moved here from New York City, Andrea Slade. <laughs> Edith just rescued her from the clutches of Bruce Patman. <laughs> That's literally actually what she says, isn't yeah. it? The clutches of Bruce. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, apparently um, Andrea was sitting all by herself at one of the lunch tables, completely defenceless, and he pounced on her <laughs> with the grace of a young lion, I can only assume. Oh, of course, of course. It's how he rolls. Um, but uh, yeah, she obviously has good taste because she was grateful when I came over and sat down with her. Uh, so Liz thinks this is hilarious because, as we know, Bruce has a huge ego and thinks he's, oh yeah, he thought he was God's gift to girls. <laughs> mm, well, I mean, he does. And and uh, uh, yeah, Enid sings Andrea's praises and tells Liz that she's so excited about living in Sweet Valley. Every little detail seems to blow her away. And of course, Liz is like, well, it is a great place to live. Who could ask for more? Perfect weather all year round, gorgeous beaches. And then Enid says, maybe you should write brochures for the local chamber of commerce. I'm surprised she doesn't already. I mean, she's one woman tourism board, isn't she? All she ever fucking writes about is how amazing Sweet Valley is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, uh, she's um, she's delighted to hear that uh, that Andre is a Sweet Valley fan, and she sympathises with the thought of you know starting a new school in the middle of the year. And Edith says they should ask her to join them at the beach that weekend, so she can you know get a taste of Sweet Valley life. And speak of the devil, Andre ap- uh, appears, and she's of course gorgeous. I mean, of course, if she's going to be staying around Sweet Valley, she'd fucking better be. Oh yeah, good point. <laughs> Um, but yeah, apparently she's even prettier uh, up close than Liz had judged from uh, her one glimpse of her the week before. <laughs> Fucking Liz. <laughs> but yeah, Andrea is slender and tall with a wonderful mop of blonde curls cascading down to her shoulders. Her blue eyes were wide set and fringed with dark lashes and she had a lovely peaches and cream complexion. Well, Elena introduces this beauty to Liz <laughs> and Andrea grins and says, that makes two people I've met today. I'm not sure I got Bruce as a person. No. Liz likes her immediately. <laughs> she's gas like she's actually funny and there's very few characters in this mm. are actually properly funny true um so yeah if it wasn't for her terrible taste in boys because she may not like bruce but she likes somebody almost as bad <laughs> uh, she we'd, we'd be very much team andrea i think i think so yeah i mean look everyone has their flaws so we, we'll just have to to get on with it but as, as sweet valley characters go i think we're we're on board with her hmm well, after gym class, Enid asks Andrea to join them at the beach that weekend and Andrea happily accepts, saying she can already tell that having a tan is an absolute necessity here. I've still got my East Coast pallor. I mean, keep some sunscreen. 
Andrea, because <laughs> don't join them in getting like roasted into a leather handbag by the time you're 20. <laughs> Skin cancer is a thing, Andrea. For real. <laughs> You've got a peaches and cream complexion. Oh, very true. Mind it. Yeah. <laughs> so like the devil ones. Mind no. that skin. <laughs> um so uh yeah uh andrea is um is delighted at the thought of hanging out and liz offers her to give offers to give her a lift to the beach and not or, i mean this is an unusual question asks whereabouts she's living where her new house is and andrea is just a little bit hesitant yeah a little bit uh because yeah liz offers to pick her up um and says yeah my car's a squeeze for three but if you don't mind that enid and i can give you a full-scale tour but like bearing in mind it's a two-seater car oh, so yeah. it means hey andrea come out and hang out with us and sit on enid's lap basically <laughs> in our death trap of a car <laughs> with no seat belts oh, God, <laughs> so yeah understandably andrea's like no no i'll meet you there <laughs> so i'm definitely team andrea here um yeah so she just says look my house is a real mess at the minute and we can barely find the front door with all the boxes um so they decide to pick just a spot on the beach to to meet up uh, so she'll make her own way there yeah and when she goes Enid and Liz rave better and how genuine and sort of no nonsense she seems and they decide they've made a fabulous new friend so Liz arrives home at the Castledale Wakefield to be greeted by our fave Wakefield it's Prince Albert. Oh, love to see Prince Albert in the mix. He's so yeah. great. Barking with excitement to see her because no one ever fucking takes him for a walk. Yeah. Oh, well, justice for Prince Albert. Free oh, the, the Spanish child one. <laughs> yeah. Free the Calico Drive one. <laughs> Bring him to the beach for fuck's sake. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're going to the beach this weekend. Take your dog. Hmm. Anyway, we get a twin comparison and then Liz realises that Jess is skiving off dinner as usual Um, and her excuse is frankly feeble. Oh, it's (laughs) terrible. Yeah, she is going to Lila's house. Um, Because Lila has a new Japanese CD player (laughs) and Jessica cannot wait to, uh, to listen to the new Jamie Peters album. She's not even playing it in her own house. She has to take it over to Lila's Japanese tech I guess, yeah. I mean, the CDs do seem like new technology at the minute, so I guess that's where we are in terms of, um, I suppose, Lila's... It's the early 90s. And it I don't, is, yes. So... I don't understand how Jessica would buy a CD if she doesn't have a CD player. Oh, that's a good point, actually. Although she did buy it at Records Plus, which is exciting because, you know, the oh. music shop has some competition. Oh, that's true. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe the record pl- Records Plus only sells the Plus and the Plus are <laughs> CDs. <laughs> Well, we're told that Jamie Peters was featured on the cover holding a microphone and wearing sunglasses. His shoulder-length blonde hair was pulled back in a ponytail. He was wearing a tight t-shirt which emphasised his lean, muscular arms. And Elizabeth laughs when she sees the title of the album, Pride, and says, pretty appropriate title for a rock star like Jamie Peters. And uh, Jess gets very defensive of old Jamie. Yeah, she reckons he's uh, the the greatest male vocalist of the entire decade and that he's so gorgeous. (laughs) Well, Liz says Jessica owes her one, like that means anything with Jessica um, for, you know, taking over dinner duty. And Jessica raves about Jamie's song, Doing It All For You. Uh, Apparently the lyrics go, Whatever you say, whatever you think is true. Whatever it is, girl, I'm doing it all for you. That's how I imagine Jamie's Peter's music is. It's quite cheesy. Oh my god, amazing! I love it. I think it. I mean, I don't get the sense he's like 
particularly cutting edge. He doesn't he doesn't sound cool, does he? He's got Bon Jovi vibes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we cut to Fowler Crest, where Lila's in dramatic mode. Oh my god. Uh yeah, she's just screaming about how <laughs> Jamie Peters has got to be the sexiest man alive. Look at his eyes, look at his chin. She's just uh yeah freaking out about how amazing he is. Um, She literally cries in mock anguish. I can't stand it. Oh my God. Calm down, Lila. But yeah, like Amy is so funny that she's the voice of reason kind of for a lot of this book. Yeah, she's just like, like, listen to yourself, Lila. You sound like a lovesick baby. Only teeny boppers get crushes on rock stars. I mean, this is more than a crush with her and Jessica and Lila. It's more like an obsession. It's, yeah. And uh, Jessica, Jay, Jessica has a magazine with a big cover story on Jamie that says, Jamie Peters, who's the one he's doing it all for? Apparently, <laughs> uh, sh- the, the photo shows him leaning up against a brick wall, his arms folded. Um, so, uh, yeah, Amy is mocking the others, as you said, and she thinks she's a, like showbiz royalty because her mother is a local TV sportscaster. <laughs> But when they put the album on, even Amy's kind of spellbound by Jamie Peters' smooth tones. She does change her tune, actually, yeah. And I think even when she's actually properly looking at the big spread in the magazine, she does soften a bit and she's like, okay, I admit it, he's gorgeous. Um, But there was a funny bit when they're trying to guess what age he is. Oh, yeah. Where, where, um, yeah, Amy wonders, how old do you think he is? And Jessica's like, 25, (laughs) straight away. And Amy says, no way, he's about 40. He's got eye wrinkles, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, look at those little wrinkly lines around his eyes. There's no, that's no 25 year old. So Jessica goes, yeah, okay, fine. Maybe, maybe 30, 35 max. <laughs> well, Jessica's seen something in the, in the interview that really gets her excited because it turns out that Jamie might be moving from music to movies. Ooh, yeah. They reckon that he might uh, he might make a, co- a cross-country move uh, for such a, a career change. And uh, yeah, apparently he says something like uh, that he likes California and wouldn't mind trading East Coast winters for perpetual sunshine. Mm. So Lila, of course, says that maybe he'll move to Sweet Valley. But Amy says, this is a town for families, not for sexy singers. <laughs> and uh, then they all get... Um, very excited about a bit where Jamie is hesitant to discuss his private life. Because apparently the first song on his new album is called Little Girl. Now, obviously, this is about his daughter. If it was not, it would be quite a creepy title for a grown So man. creepy. That's what I wrote down. I was like, OK, but it would be very creepy if a song called Little Girl was about someone he was boning. Come on now. Yes. <laughs> so let's all breathe the sigh of relief that Jamie Peters is not a creep, but it has to be said that the projections some people make about him are creepy very true um, but even though yeah but even the way that the the music magazine talks about his song it's like is there a special woman in his life you know because of this song little girl it's like oh guys come on <laughs> <Peace> <laughs> <up>. <laughs> um so uh the we get a quote from the the article and it says what the, was there a special woman in his life we could tell the question disturbed him jamie peters is famous for keeping his personal life under wraps all we were able to glean from him were the most basic facts he married his childhood sweetheart a beautiful singer named karen ross with whom he cut an album the year they were married 12 years ago, Karen was killed in a private jet, crashed in the Adirondacks. Is that how you pronounce it? Adirondacks? 
Adirondacks? Adirondacks? I don't know. Let us know, <laughs> listeners. Since then, Jamie Peters has been a per- different man. When we asked, all he'd say was that, yes, there was a special girl in his life. Uh, okay. How did the media not know that they had a four-year-old child? And actually, we later find out, spoiler alert, that one, somebody who Andrea thought was her friend was just using her because her mother was a showbiz reporter. So how is it not common knowledge that he has a teenage daughter? Oh, that's so true. Yeah. I mean, some celebrities do pull it off a good bit of secrecy in terms of like whether they're actually having a baby or what their Mm. baby's name is or what they look like. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that they've had a baby pretty much never manages to be fully kept secret. Like Not for 14 years. Certainly not. Not not when like this kid is going to school and her daughter and her, you know, her friend, her friend's class on her classmates' parents are journalists. Like, it, I just don't understand how it hasn't come out. How it didn't come That's out when so beautiful true. Karen Moss was killed in a in the mount, mountains we can't pronounce. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, maybe just in this universe, everyone's a terrible journalist, and this is why Liz actually stands a real chance oh, of making a name. Very for good point. <laughs> it's all relative. <laughs> Okay, true. Well, let's suspend disbelief. So uh, Amy thinks they're mad for thinking they could possibly have a chance with them if you move to Sweet Valley. But uh, the others are raving about, imagine hearing those songs on the radio, knowing they're all about you. And I just love the way Amy just keeps putting a damper on things because she says, you guys aren't very realistic about the way songs get written. I don't even wrote those lyrics. Maybe you collaborated with someone else. It's so funny. (laughs) Lila is enraged. And then she drops a bombshell. Oh, God, yes. She actually gets properly angry at this mm. point and uh, says, you know, I happen to know a lot more about uh, music than you do, <gasps> especially now that I've decided I'm going to be a professional musician. Oh, yes, she is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the others don't take her seriously. In fact, Jessica thinks Lila Feller, a musician? It seems a little hard to believe. And uh, they're even more amused when they find out that she hasn't even decided what instrument she's going to play yet. Oh, God. Um, Yeah, because she says that she's... uh, Yeah, she's like, yeah, go ahead. I don't care. Because Amy says, what are you going playing? The tuba. Mm. And um, Lila, in her usual uh, haughty self, says that she's uh, she's got a lot of musical talent and that her music teacher says it's only a matter of time before we decide which instrument will be my speciality. So she hasn't actually got around to that point yet. (laughs) Um, Um, But uh, yeah, Max Sharp is her her music teacher and uh, that's how he works. Uh, He's one of the best instructors in the country. Mm. So he doesn't believe in inhibiting the natural talent of his students. But actually, I have to say that like his approach involves listening to different pieces, you know, seeing what she responds to, trying out different sounds. That actually sounds like a good idea. So I sort of team Max Sharp. That is fair enough. Yeah, I guess. It is just funny that Lila's like, I'm going to be a professional musician. It's like, oh, what do you play? I Uh, don't know yet. (laughs) Oh, I mean, this whole story is highly amusing. But uh, (laughs) um, Jessica and Amy are also highly amused. And Lila basically boots them out saying they don't understand real music. True. Yeah, she actually says to Jessica, take your disc and leave. (laughs) (laughs) Jessica doesn't care because she just wants to go home and listen to Jamie Peters. So she does have a CD player. There you go. Oh, okay. Um, So we cut to Friday night and Liz and Todd are settling down to have a movie night. When who should come in with Jessica to commandeer the TV and why? Well, there's a Jamie Peters special on MTV. (gasps) An actual real station. An actual station and an actual current reference. Like, could this be the first actual current reference 
that yeah. bit for me because even when they talk about actresses it's like some random 1930s old-time Hollywood actress that we've never fucking heard of is like their go-to point for oh she looks like that woman <laughs> and like Mick Jagger is the guy that Jessica was going to go dancing with in New York like they literally never have an actual early 90s reference for anything so I was just very excited to see MTV turn up there I have to say yes me too uh, well, Jamie reveals that he is, uh, he's moving to California and he is hoping to work on movies because that'll, you know, uh, be, California could be his base. And he's asked again about a special girl. I love how they keep just saying special girl instead of girlfriend, all these interviewers. Uh, so he's asked, does he have a special girl in his life? And he says, I like to keep my private life uh, private, but she is incredibly special. I'd do anything for her. <laughs> oh, if only you weren't so ambiguous, Jamie. Also, how did these people not know you have like a sixteen-year-old child? That you have a daughter? I know, seriously. Who you haven't exactly <laughs> hidden. Like she's been going to schools where literally her problem has always been people just want to be friends with her because she's Jamie Peach's daughter. Because, yeah, that's so true. It's so funny. I didn't even pick up on that. I was just so entertained by everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Well, next day, Liz and Edith meet Andrea at the beach and she's worried about not being tanned enough. Uh, and I am amazed that Liz actually gives her some sunblock because I didn't think any of these uh, ridiculous people even believed in such a thing. Yes. So like, I was so happy again to see suntan lotion even mentioned. I think, yeah, my, my notes just say the first time in 72 books we've seen someone <laughs> use sun factor. Incredible. I know. It only <laughs> took 72 books. Literally 72 books because usually they just slather themselves in baby oil and it's just like, <laughs> what are you doing? Stop deep frying yourself in the sun for God's sake. Well, there are people using those reflector yolks. Oh, that's that always remind me of there's something about Mary. Oh, yeah. Magda. Yes. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so uh, Andrea, please don't get tempted to do that. It's very, no. very bad for you. Um, <laughs> but she she loves the beach vibe. But she says she hated New York City where they didn't even have a garden and there were no trees. I mean, it's not like there isn't a giant fucking park right in the center of Manhattan. Like, uh, quite how a could you, <laughs> How could you not find any trees? That's so true. It's like a notably giant park that everybody knows about. <laughs> So uh, she says that they moved around a lot when she was growing up, but now she never wants to leave Sweet Valley. And uh, Liz asks, which again, is not a weird nosy question, asks, oh, why did you move around so much? And she says, it's her dad's business. And when asked what, you know, what that business is, also (laughs) not a weird question. She says, just business. It's like Vincent Adult Man. (laughs) Doing a business. That's what her dad does. So she reveals that her mother died when she was pretty young and her dad is brilliant, but he's a bit of a workaholic and, uh, you know, she just hopes that they'll settle down and Liz is impressed by her unsentimental honesty. Mm-hmm. So when they leave, Enid and Liz ask Andrea to join them at the Dairy Burger later and she says yes and Liz says, oh, cool, I'll pick you up. Um, You know, where do you live? And again, Andrea is particularly cagey. She's even more cagey this time because they're like, you don't know where the dairy burger is, but you know, you sure don't want to come with us. Um, but she insists she can find her own way there. And when she goes, Enid wonders if this just business is uh, something dodgy, which is actually quite a realistic conclusion to come to. I suppose, yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah, you don't think her father is involved in something illegal? <laughs> I mean, it is quite a jump, but also she has just been like, just a business. No, you. That's... I don't. I don't know where I live. No. 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, the, the, the just business thing is kind of weird. I like, I do feel like people do make a really big deal out of her just wanting to meet people at wherever the place is. Like yes. everyone's trying to pick her up from home and she's like, no, it's fine. I'll make my own way there. Yeah. But yeah, it's the fact that she was so vague about the business thing probably does make it seem a bit more suspicious. Yes. But uh, anyway, they 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 still think she's brilliant. And uh, she, but Liz does think that, you know, she seems to be hiding something. Mm. Back at the Castletown Wakefield, Liz tries to tell Jess about Andrea and how brilliant she is. Um, she She's really sort of trying to force Jessica throughout this book to like hang out with this stranger. Like Andrea's perfectly nice. Why are you trying to inflict that demon sister of yours on her the whole <laughs> way through? Like leave her alone. <laughs> well, luckily for Andrea, uh, Jessica only has eyes for Jamie Peters and says Andrea's probably not her type. <laughs> She's pretty rude about it. I mean, yeah, she's just, yeah. Well, she does point out as well that you and I never like the same people, Liz. Look at Enid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, please, please inflict this absolute arsehole on your new friend you think is so cool. Um, And Liz says, you know, join us at the Dairy Burger later. But apparently Jess is going over to Lila's house because she's home alone and they're going to listen to Jamie. And Liz doesn't get why she'd rather do that than hang out at the Dairy Burger with all their friends, which is going to force her. No, although it is funny that Jessica mentions that uh, she's practically memorised the whole first side of Pride, even though it's a CD. Oh, good point. <laughs> there's, there's, a lot, up there. there's a lot of holes in this narrative, but uh, yeah. we'll, we'll give them a pass because it is entertaining. <laughs> we cut to nearly a week later and Andrea is totally part of the gang, beloved by all. She's... Yeah, she's playing a blinder. She's doing great. Um, Olivia says how much she likes her and that she has a real original sense of humour. It's like, yeah, she just has a sense of humour. <laughs> I mean, that is original for Sweet Valley. Because she's actually funny on purpose. Yes. <laughs> and when they're all hanging out at the cafeteria, she compares um, the cafeteria food to like st- street food in, in New York City. And Olivia says, you know, why don't you write a piece comparing New York and Sweet Valley? I mean, that I'd like to read. Um, but Andrea is like, no, no, I'm not a writer. And then Olivia remembers something that her dad uh, mentioned the other night. Yeah, so Olivia's dad had mentioned that a new manager started working at his firm mm. uh, that week, but didn't say what his name was. But then she's like, oh, you know, maybe maybe this is your dad. And she's like, look, did he move here to take a job at uh, Phillips Corporation? Um, and Andrea's like, no, no. Uh, and she kind of looks embarrassed and says, oh, he's uh, he's self-employed. So Olivia's like, oh, is he a writer? And again, then with the vague fucking business this is, business This line, is hilariously vague. That says, no, Andrea fidgeted. He's just, you know, a regular self-employed businessman. <laughs> He's three kids in a trench coat. <laughs> He's not a rock star at all. And unsurprisingly, everybody's sort of like, huh? And they say... You know, he's an ordinary investor. And I mean, that would, I wouldn't know what that meant when I was 16. So I'd be like, okay, I guess that's, that's the thing. That, that actually would have answered any of my questions at the time mm, as well. I'd be like, oh, right, okay, that's something I don't understand. I have yes. no further questions. <laughs> and Winston asks, uh, you know, where, so where exactly are you living? Which I think if somebody had just moved to town, you would ask where they're living. Like it's a small town. Everybody knows where everything True. is. Yeah. Um, you 
it's it's not weird i mean i've had no. conversations with people where i was like oh yeah it's that road yes around the corner yeah from like whereabouts yeah like where's your local like what part of the like literal town are you in yeah. <laughs> like that's all very normal conversation and she is so hilariously vague because oh, she's Andrea. like <laughs> she says she doesn't know where it is and they're like well is it near the sea is it the other side and uh it's like well i don't have any sense of direction bye and it's so weird that Winston is like, shit, did I just put my foot in it? Like, did I say something wrong? Um, and Olivia is also wondering, you know, is she always so cagey about where she lives? And Liz is like, oh, she doesn't know the town well, but she does think something's up because it is a bit insane to be arriving in school every day and apparently not know where you live. I mean, yeah, it is. It is a bit ridiculous. And yeah, I suppose the fact that she's being so cagey, it's very clear that she's holding something back at this yes. stage. Well, we cut. Wednesday and Amy and Jessica arrive to discover what instrument Lila has chosen uh, Jessica also says I have to hand it to her, it takes guts to start studying an instrument at her age it's like she's 16 she's literally still a child, what is this at her age business uh, um, so they arrive and the maid shows them to the new music room oh god I mean, yeah, Amy's like I didn't know the Fowlers had a music room <laughs> They didn't. <laughs> yes, uh, it, Lila has transformed one of the guest rooms in the Fowler's mansion. And she's pushed posters of classical musicians and some rock stars. And <laughs> a music stand stood in one corner of the room. A sheet music lay in heaps on the floor. In the middle of all this, Lila was sitting perfectly still. Her back straight. Her hands poised and ready. Over what? over something that looked to Jessica like a cross between a zither and a guitar I mean that isn't a marimba no because that's um <laughs> they uh, they go on to uh, to ask what the hell is this <laughs> because uh, Lila's like oh come in you're my very first audience <laughs> want to hear me play the opening notes to Jesus son of man's desiring <laughs> I, I know I, Amy's like do we have a choice <laughs> Apparently they don't. But yeah, she kind of, um, they go on to describe like Lila plucking at the metal strips stretched over the hole of the strange wooden instrument. And when they ask what it is, uh, Lila's like, it's an African instrument, Amy. You know, if you knew more about music, you'd recognise it. It's called a marimba. Like, that is not a marimba. <laughs> a marimba is a more xylophone-like thing. It's a Even percussion. if you see a traditional version of it. Yeah. It has sort of keys that one strikes. Yeah, like it's a it's a big percussion instrument that you say, like, I've got Animal Crossing. I know what a marimba is. <laughs> <laughs> my villagers have played a marimba in my little I town. So. <laughs> well, uh, she um, she says, and actually, I mean, this is a good point. She says they're too unsophisticated to know anything about non-Western music, which I'm sure <laughs> is true. I mean, that's fair enough. Yeah, but uh, Lila is um, holding her head high through this whole exchange and reckons um, that, you know, they, they just don't they don't get it. Uh, mm. And she doesn't see what's so funny about it because they're in hysterics like at all of yeah. this. Uh, so she basically boots them out. Again. <laughs> yeah. They're going to regret mocking her and her remember playing. <laughs> yeah, Jessica reckons that uh, she's like, yes, yeah, so when you win the Miss Marimba Sweet Valley contest, you can tell us you told us so. <laughs> Meanwhile, Liz and Enid have taken Andrea to the mall, which is somehow more fun than going to like cool shops in New York. Just seems unlikely. A suburban mall <laughs> is more fun than New Manhattan. <laughs> I mean, if you say so. 
I mean, it's it's been recently redesigned by Alice Wakefield, so there is oh, that. <laughs> there's, there's a whole new wing, Anna. I don't think you're really appreciating the value uh, model for what it is. Oh, actually, I'm sure now. I now she's seen Alice's decor. <laughs> yeah. Mind blown. New York doesn't have the Alice Wakefield wing, does it? It's true. It doesn't. Okay, fair enough. I take it all back. Well, who should appear but Nicholas Morrow? Oh, there he is now. So well, we get- yeah. <laughs> This fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get a little recap of uh, the whole, you know, tragic Morrow saga. And then we're told, my father needed a new software program, so I ran over here to get it from Computer Whiz. Isn't there a company like a computer company? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so apparently they're getting their new software programs from computer whiz and yeah, he's just, just popping out on his lunch break to get their new software <laughs> you don't need a company contract or anything like that no. <laughs> just, just pick up a copy maybe get a cd-rom pick up in oh. carita go mad oh, have memories. <laughs> bit of mind maze what harm <laughs> Well, he and Andrea quickly bond over moving from the East Coast because she used to live in Boston where he used to live and they chat about sailing on the Charles and um, Andrea's delighted to know he loves to sail because so does she and she says, it was one of the things I really hate about living in New York. There wasn't any way to get out of the water except when my father took me out to Long Island. I mean, New York residents, correct us if we're wrong, but New York is literally on the Atlantic coast. It's there's so much water. What's she talking about? I've been on that Staten Island ferry <laughs> like three o'clock in the morning. That was oh, wow. an experience I can tell you. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, you can go out in the sea in New in from New York City fairly easily. Yeah. I mean, I don't know any list any New York listeners. Let us know whether there any local sailing clubs. But um, yes, I mean, it's not like you were living in Indiana. Like you were yeah. near the actual ocean. This is it makes it sound like she was in a landlocked state all this time and couldn't get near water, but like I would have thought New York is pretty handy to get out sailing mm. from. Well, uh Liz and Edith are, you know, kind of nudging each other at this uh, bonding session. Uh, especially when Nicholas offers to take Andrea out on Ooh. his boat. <laughs> <laughs> but of course. <laughs> it's the implication. <laughs> It really is. So they're both all sort of like, oh, oh, yes, I would like to go out. Oh, being all <laughs> shy. And uh, Andre, of course, says yes. And Nicholas says again, he'll collect her on Saturday and take her to the marina. Um, I mean, why? Again, I do think it's it's weird that she's always pretending she doesn't know where she lives. But also, it is insane that he'd be like, obviously, I will collect you. It's like, why? Just meet her there. Yeah, no. This is it. Like she's like, yeah, no, it's it's fine. But she she kind of deflects it pretty well because she just says that she's got a doctor's appointment uh, that oh, morning. Yeah. She's like, I'll just take my car and meet you down at the marina. So he's like, okay, great. So it's not a big deal at this stage anyway for her to just meet him there. Um, but yeah, Liz and Enid are just kind of like nudging each other <laughs> in the background <laughs> while all this is going on. And uh, yeah, Liz notes that uh, Nicholas Morrow was the keenest new member of the Andrea Slade fan club, but not even Nicholas was going <gasps> to be allowed to know where she lived. <laughs> I mean, they are kind of all fawning over to a slightly bizarre degree. Mm, they've just never met a properly cool person before. Oh, do you know what? That's 100% <laughs> true. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, uh, she we we cut to uh, the cafeteria the next day where Amy and Jessica are telling Kara all about Lila's marimba stardom dreams. <laughs> and who should appear but Lila? And she's got some sensational news. Oh my God, yeah. Uh, she's, yeah, they start taking the piss out of her immediately, of course. They're like, oh, was it, a, did you see a famous marimba player? <laughs> or is that a contradiction in terms? Mm, <laughs> but, so um, mean. No, yeah, it's so funny though. But Lila's like, no, seriously. She tells them that she was in town today at half eleven, uh, because of of reasons. And uh, yeah, when she eventually got down there, she saw somebody leaving the drugstore across the street, and then quite smugly tells them that it was Jamie Peters that she saw. <gasps> Yes, and the others are not convinced. In fact, Kara asks, what kind of Novocaine does your dentist use, Lila? <laughs> Lila storms off again. Lila's she, like losing the rag constantly in this book. She does a lot of throwing people out and storming off all right in this book. Which I like. It's very enjoyable, but also everyone's taking the piss out of her way too much. <laughs> yes, justice for Lila. Yeah. So uh, Jessica remembers that article and the you know Benham moving to California and wonders if Lila could be right and uh, if so, how could Jessica get to see him before anyone else? Well, like Lila literally just saw him, so you wouldn't get to see him before <laughs> anyone else. Too late, Jessica. <laughs> Keep up. Come on, yeah, Lila's beat you, <laughs> as is right. Um, so when Jessica tells Liz about this Liz understandably thinks you guys have a pathological obsession it figures you've started seeing this man now oh my god you could just imagine them as like like directioners or you know those kind of really obsessive oh. One Direction fans or like I guess it's BTS fans now isn't it more so mm, than true. One Direction whatever the youth are into whatever those kids are listening to those crazy kids those crazy the, kids but yeah the whole music. the whole like camping outside the hotel and all this kind of carry on like that's the kind of level they're at very much so. Well, um, I mean, Liz isn't wrong in thinking that they're dangerously obsessed because apparently Jessica nearly had a car crash on her way home because she thought she saw Jamie. Jesus. And <laughs> it was just an ordinary person. <laughs> oh, to who, see, who needs them? <laughs> car into them any day of the week. Well, Liz asks Jessica to come on the cin- to the cinema on Friday with her and Andrea because she's still obsessed with the idea of the meeting. Um, and uh, Jessica can't be arsed. And she makes yeah. it quite clear. Very true. Yeah, it's like uh, it wasn't that Jessica had anything in particular against Andrea Slade. It was just that right now there were so many more important things to think about, like Jamie Peters and whether there was even the slightest chance he might be in Sweet Valley at this very minute. (laughs) For fuck's sake. Jesus, get a grip, girl. (laughs) Well, at dinner time that evening, the phone rings and Ned frowns because they have a no phone calls at meals rule. But I mean, it's not like somebody's making a phone call. So, you know, they, they don't know that this is when the Wakefields are having dinner. Yeah, it's like one of the strict rules is that there's phone calls could not be taken during meals. So do you just let the phone ring all the way through dinner? Like, what's the crack here, Ned? <laughs> it's kind of uncomfortable. They listen to the phone ring out for like five <laughs> minutes. <it's> for? <laughs> well, it turns out it's Lila and it's a total emergency. So he lets Jessica take the call and Lila has a sensational tale to tell. Oh my goodness! Yes, Lila's uh, out and about and reporting back because she's on uh, she's on a mobile phone. Imagine, yeah. <laughs> so it's all crackling and static on it. But uh, so Lila's about four blocks from her house. She says, "Jess, you're not going to believe it. I saw him again." But this time she believed Lila. Apparently, it's possible to mis- make a mistake once and think you saw someone, but not twice, not two times in a single day. Um, so yeah, Lila reveals that she was on her way home from Max's. So yeah, her music lessons mm-hmm. and yeah, was- there's a marimba, a marimba on. Uh, marimba. So I'm going to learn itself. So she 
was yeah uh, turning up towards the road up to her house when she saw the exact same car that Jamie Peters got into today downtown. It's an old white Mustang convertible. Um, and Jess was like, "What did you do? Did you follow him?" Of course I did. Lila answered. <laughs> <laughs> so she followed him home, and um, yeah, it took all her self- behavior. Absolutely. It took all her self-control not to roll down her window and scream his name, (laughs) apparently. But yeah, apparently uh, she saw him pull up to the drive of the old Kitterby estate. So it's some some big old estate house up near Fowler Crest. So it's got two stone posts with coral coloured stone lions on it. (laughs) (gasps) Ooh la la. Uh, Yeah, apparently it's been on sale for ages. Um, And uh, and so it's obviously been been purchased by Mm -hmm. J.B. Peters. (gasps) And Jessica is desperate to investigate. And of course, Lila definitely has the upper hand here because it turns out that uh, she knows the estate pretty well because she was friends with the the daughter of the house when she was a kid. So she knows the layout and she thinks she knows a way they can sneak onto the grounds. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So she's going to they're going to meet at lunchtime the following day and figure out a plan. Uh, and Jessica's like, are you going to stay there? Or are you going home now? And I was like, I'll stay for a while just in case he comes out again. <laughs> The idea she's just going to camp out forever, basically. Just a casual bit of stalking. It's totally fine. I mean, there's a lot of stalking in this book. True. The next day, Andrea arrives at the marina to meet Nicholas. And we uh, we sort of get her POV for the first time as she gazes at her reflection. We're told that her curls, which could sometimes be on the unruly side, had been tamed with a stretchy turquoise head fan. She smudged a little more of the blue eye pencil she'd used to outline her eyes. I love that look. I love a bit of turquoise eyeliner. Um, Absolutely. So she meets Nicholas. And if it wasn't him, this could be quite cute because she's all sort of shy and happy and just thrilled to be hanging out with this boy. (laughs) It's just a pity it's him. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, they set off on his boat. She's the first person he's ever taken out on it. And she's having a great time. Um, and uh, then they, they sort of decide to drift for a bit and he tells her about Regina's death and how she really loved sailing. You know, the boat sort of a tribute to him. And then he gets a bit Dennis Reynolds, as my notes say. <laughs> um, yeah, they're... Oh, is this when they... Yeah, the wind's dying down a little. Uh-huh. Let's just drift. <laughs> and then he says, listen, I don't even know anything about you. Uh, Nicholas said suddenly... Except that you've lived all over the country and you like to sail. He leaned forward, her hand lightly, his hand lightly touching her hair. And do you have beautiful curls? He added softly. <laughs> it's the like, it's the same with Stephen when they go touching their hair. It's, oh, there's something really so creepy, creepy about it, yes. isn't there? It just makes you kind of full body shudder, like, oh yeah. God. Get it's your hand se- off her, please. Serial killer stuff. <laughs> really? Is. So she's like, I'm just an average girl. And for a second, she wonders if she can reveal her secret, but thinks that she made herself a promise. This time it's going to be different. People are going to like me for me. And that's all there is to it. So they have a stupid flirty chat and it's typical Sweet Valley flirtation. Yeah, they kind of just like do like rapid fire questions about mm. their favorite stuff. So he's just like, OK, if you're, if you're going to make this hard, I'll just have to grill you. So, uh, yeah, he asks what her favorite color is, her favorite food. Um, and they kind of just go back and forth like this about favorite movies and countries and mm. places to be alone. But apparently they have loads in common. Um, yeah, they, they both uh, they both liked baseball, <laughs> Italian restaurants. Like, OK, you're both basic. Yeah. <laughs> 
reggae and any place warm. Oh, what an amazing coincidence. They <laughs> these obscure, idiosyncratic things. Uh, you like pizza? I like pizza. Oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> this is Stephen and And Oh, Stephen and Andrea. Oh my God, another Andrea. <laughs> space of about five books. That's a bit, yeah. I mean, do you think they have more variety of names? Um, so yeah, they list things they don't like then. And she says moving vans, but then she changes the subject. And he's like, ooh, I'm a bit nervous. What if it turns out you happen to consider boys named Nicholas unfavorites? And then he goes, as my notes say, full Dennis. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, she says, oh, well that, well, that would be silly of you or, or something to that yeah. effect. And like, uh, she tried to pull her hand back, but Nicholas was too quick for her. Like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> he held tight and his fingers were warm over hers. Andrea felt her heart begin to beat a little bit faster. It's like, is it a panic attack? Are you OK? <laughs> <laughs> then he says, for instance, suppose I just happened to have a thing about girls named Andrea, he said softly, leaning closer, so she felt her breath against her ear. Andrea's heart pounded, and uh, then she jerks back, completely confused, and pulled her hand free from his. Nicholas seemed surprised and a little hurt. <laughs> like I would not have been surprised if he straight up just murdered her on that book. Absolutely like. not. But then she says, Nicholas is my favourite boy's name. And then oh, they... God continue to flirt tediously and he says he'll find a place that serves her favourite uh, dish, angel hair pasta with herbs and cream and again says he'll pick her up at seven and she's like oh the house is a mess so I'll call over to you and he's an absolute dick and he's like oh maybe you're ashamed of me oh my god yeah he's really weird about picking her up and mm. it's like why why is he so obsessed with this? Like, yes. I, like, I know, yes, she is being cagey and we know that now, but like, as far as he's concerned, you know, he hasn't heard her making all yeah. these excuses before. So like, why is he being such a fucking weirdo about it? Because yeah, again, are you ashamed of me for some reason? It's like, oh God, shut up. But um, yeah, she just, she reckons once he came to her house, she was afraid uh, that he just wouldn't like her for her anymore. And it would be just like all the other times. So she just can't let that happen again. Mm. Well, we cut to an Italian place we've never heard before. It's called either Oggy or Oggy. I don't know hmm. which. Two G's oh, in Italian yeah. is usually J. Soft, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, whatever it is, it's got a romantic vibe. And Nicholas tells her how much he likes her. She shares his feelings. <gasps> and they have a magical night. And she wonders how she could convince her father that they have to stay in Sweet Valley. Um, because she loves it so much and she's clearly, you know, this is the first place she's ever felt she's liked for who she is, not for who her dad is. And uh, again, when they leave, he asks her to the Bidari Burger tomorrow and she says she'll meet him there and he's so fucking weird. He says, one of these days you'll let me pick you up like a real date. What? What is happening? Yeah, like a shadow across Nicholas's face. Like, there's Ugh. a darkness in Nicholas for oh, sure. Oh, <laughs> shit. He's <laughs> Fully is 100%. <laughs> Do not trust this man at no, all. <laughs> don't. Um, so, yeah, they kiss and she's in seventh heaven. Meanwhile, Jessica is uh, calling into Lyle, uh, is, has been um, getting all excited. And uh, earlier that day, she calls it, she called it to, Je to Lila, who um, 
has uh, has got a plan ready, which she shares with Jessica and Amy. So it turns out there's a pool behind this Kitterby house and there's a thick bunch of bushes next to it. And behind this clump of bushes is a trail that leads to parkland. I mean, there is no security on this house. You'd think he'd buy somewhere with a wall. <laughs> like a garden true. wall. I'm not talking he has to have a fortress, but like you can literally just walk right on. Just just a gate, you know? That's, yeah. that's all he needs. <laughs> I just walk from some parkland along a trail. Um, so their plan is that they're going to walk along this trail and hide behind the bushes and spy on the house. <laughs> and Lila says that once she gets to know Jamie, which of course she soon will, she's going to arrange for him to play, hear her play her marimba. <laughs> Apparently he'll be overjoyed. There's a marimba player living five houses away from him. I mean, why wouldn't he be? <laughs> Jesus, who who's, who doesn't want to be neighbours with a marimba player? Well, the others are absolutely horrified by this prospect <laughs> of Lila forcing her and uh, Jamie Peters to listen to her marimba playing. But then they have to shut up because they've reached the trail. And um, when they hide in the bushes, they're kind of bored. They're getting bored. They're there for about 15 minutes. But then Jamie emerges. <gasps> yeah. So they're, um, yeah, as you say, they've, they're getting like cramps in their legs and everything at this stage. But uh, yeah, when the glass door is slide open and he walks out, Jessica thinks she's going to faint. Uh, she felt as if she knew Jamie Peters by heart because she'd studied his, had studied his face so many times on posters uh, on TV and rock and roll magazine. And now here he was in flesh and blood, standing less than a dozen yards away. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, Amy Whisper is also so excited. She whispers really loudly and Jamie looks up and is sort of like, huh? I mean, maybe, ja- maybe, Jamie, you should have like bought somewhere with a hedge. For real. <laughs> and they run away and they decide that they're not going to tell anyone in school about this, basically, so they can keep Jamie to themselves. <laughs> Secret Jamie's buying. So the next day, Andrea arrives at the Dairy Burger to meet Nicholas. They flirt in typical Sweet Valley style. You don't need to hear any of the details, listeners. It'll be tedious. And uh, she's all happy and thinks this is what it's like to be an ordinary teenage girl. And oh. she's not going to give that up. On Monday at Sweet Valley High, Kara is dumbstruck by the news that they have seen Jamie Peters and it's 100% him at this house. And uh, um, she also says she read a piece about how the marimba is the hottest new instrument among young musicians. I mean, I kind of presume she was just trying to butter Lila up with this, but it doesn't seem oh, to be the no, case. I, don't think she, I think she actually did read it. Yeah, it does seem like it. So Lila says that she's going to play for Jamie and Kara is also horrified. And Lila's <laughs> like, I'm not crazy. I'll just give it a week or so. <laughs> yeah, I won't play for him until I'm much better. So yeah, another week or two will do the job. Yes. So she agrees that Kara can come and spy on Jamie, but they all have to keep their cool and not blow it. And I mean, she is wise to get, remind them of this because they're a bunch of agents. Very true. <laughs> they are not particularly sneaky. Uh, meanwhile, Liz and Co are having lunch, and in also typical Sweet Valley style, Elizabeth can't get over how beautiful Andrea looks. Oh God! Yeah, at this point, I wrote down, "Get the fuck out of here with your own." <laughs> oh, no, you're beautiful because you have a boyfriend. <laughs> Literally it. Oh, it's so annoying. Yeah, Liz is like, "What's different about you? Did you do something to your hair?" Um, <laughs> And Andrea is like, no, I think I'm just catching a cold uh, and like looks for a tissue. And then Liz is like, I don't think that's it. She turns to Enid. Doesn't she look different? Like, wouldn't you just want to slap the fucking oh, head off her? Oh, totally. What a pain in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ladri says the only thing different about her is she's getting a cold. But they've all heard about her dates with Nicholas and they kind of gently tease her about it. But it's in a friendly way. It's a, you know, it's not in a mean way. And Andrea is, Andrea blushes, of course. Yes. And, um, uh, she asks like is there anything I should know about him I was like well he's a massive creep who tried to force Liz to go on dates with him so yeah you should know that but but they don't tell her any of that stuff <laughs> yes Dana says well you know he's really rich but you can probably handle that and Andrea looks a bit awkward there and that's when Liz wonders oh, maybe she's ashamed of her house maybe she lives on the wrong side of the tracks <gasps> like Trisha Martin oh no Trisha Martin town mm. or over a rickety bridge where <laughs> Kara lives in a <laughs> <laughs> the shacks I live in a tree <laughs> by the creek <laughs> well uh, Liz sings Nicholas's praises and mentions that you know the, the family have been through a really hard time and uh, Liz wonders if Andrea could keep whatever secrets she's keeping from Nicholas later at Fowler Crest, Fowler Crest Lila prepares to give her friends a marimba concert and actually they're kind of genuinely impressed they are and it does sound like she's actually quite good at this um yeah they kind of say like like as she's working away at the strings because whatever this is it's not a fucking marimba but she's mm. good at it anyway <laughs> because they talk about her playing like a rapid fire arpeggio and uh, they're all quite impressed and say that she's learned really fast uh Cara's like what was that it's an african tune amy you wouldn't know it lila said dismissively i kind of love this <laughs> i mean she does she's quite generic about africa I know, yeah, but look, but, it's. But so I funny. do like the idea that's that she's putting them down for their Western-centric views of music. That is enjoyable. Yes, mm. very true. Well, uh, Lila or Jessica admits to herself that it actually does sound pretty nice, but of course she goes into she she can't think of somebody else for very long and goes into another flight of fancy about what might happen, um, when uh, when once they're over in uh in the in the poolside retreat. Mm-hmm. She um, so they because they they head over to the after the Marimba concert to the clump of bushes, which is their new HQ. And her mind began to race. Suppose someone happened to make a noise. Maybe Jessica herself. Jamie would come over to see what was wrong. He would be worried, of course. I'm going to be worried. All right. The others would probably run off too scared to stay. Jamie would be tender and kind. You might offer her a a soda or an iced tea. They would get to talking. And before long... And what? Before long he'd be committing a crime? Like, (laughs) where do you think this is going, Jessica? Where do you think he is committing a crime? (laughs) And speaking of which, somebody comes out onto that patio. Oh no, yeah, that's it. So they're uh, they're watching all this and they hear a feminine voice calling out, I've been looking everywhere for you. Uh, so they're all peering through the shrubbery for a proper look. And uh, Jessica couldn't see much at first. It was a woman, a young woman. No, a girl. She had her hair pulled back and sunglasses on and a white towel was wrapped around what looked like a black bathing suit. So I was like, oh, his girlfriend. Because uh, this girl pads around to the side of the pool, gives Jamie a tender kiss on the cheek. Um, and like takes off her sunglasses, looks almost directly at the spot where the girls were crouching. So I think this is them just being a bit noisy again. Oh, can you imagine what they're like? Oh, you could just see like... the bushes just like rustling away <laughs> in the background. You'd be like, what the fuck is going on over there? But yeah, they uh, they run away soundlessly and uh, can't believe it because uh, as they have realized that it was Andrea with Jamie Peters out at the pool. Mm. And... Uh... Yeah, they they realise that she's his special girl. 
And uh, Kara says, I've heard she's kind of secretive about her home life. And with satisfaction, Lila says, well, now we know why. Who wouldn't want to keep it a secret? Andrea Slade is probably the only high school junior we know who's the live-in girlfriend of a world-famous rock star. (laughs) I do like that probably. Oh, probably. Yeah. I mean, there could still be more that we just don't know about. (laughs) But she's probably the only one. I mean, most likely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But uh, maybe on, on that little bombshell for them, at least, we should take a tiny break. Yes, because we want to remind you about the Headstuff Podcast um, or Headstuff Plus and the Headstuff Podcast Network. Uh, as you know, we are proud members of the Headstuff Podcast Network and um, we are also members or part of Headstuff Plus, in which you, our listeners, can support the show by um, uh, joining up to Headstuff Plus for as little as five euros a month. Yeah, so when you join up, you can decide to support up to three different shows. You can spread your money across three or two or one, whatever way you want to do it. Uh, So you can choose your your favorite shows and whichever way you do decide to to move your money around, uh, you get access to everybody's bonus content. So you'll get access to our bonus content, which is Pi Beta Alpha, where we've been recapping the absolutely bananas Sweet Valley High TV show episode by episode. We certainly have. We have been having an amazing time in the Pi Beta Alpha Clubhouse. Last week, we discussed an episode which featured a glamorous Bond villain called Gold Fowler. Now, I mean, I'm not the same since this, to be honest. No, we're forever changed after seeing Gold Fowler in all her glory. And so will you be, listeners, if you listen, if you watch that episode on YouTube and then join us in Pi Beat Alpha to hear what we had to say about it. Because we had a lot to say about it. And uh, we know that those of you who've already watched and enjoyed it, this this incredible fever dream had, <laughs> had a good time too. So yeah, we we discuss um the the Sweet Valley High TV series, which is so much more entertaining than I think either of us thought it would be, and. We have a lot of fun discussing it and you can join us in our discussions by signing up to Headstuff Plus. And obviously that means you get a special uh, feed with our bonus episodes. And that means that every single week you will have some Sweet Valley shenanigans to listen to because Pi Beta Alpha episodes come out in the weeks that this podcast does not. So not a week will go by without some Wakefield um, nonsense. <laughs> nonsense in your ears and as Karen said you know you get access to all the shows on the Headstuff Podcast Network's uh, bonus content and one of those shows which we will uh, you'll be able to hear a little bit about now is Fireside Tales yeah, Fireside, it's a storytelling podcast. So it's Kevin C. Olihan uh, hosts it. He retells tales of folklore and myth as they were meant to be told. So every week he'll take a story from folklore and mythology, give it a fresh retelling and discuss the story in itself, uh, the craft, the culture, the history of storytelling. It's a great listen. It can be real spooky. Uh, if you're into folklore at all or you just like a good story, then definitely check out Fireside. Yes. And if you, I mean, who doesn't like a little bit of of folk weirdness i mean per- personally i would like to see the wakefields in the giant wicker man sometime <gasps> wow lit, lit, uh, lit by lila <laughs> oh well she has lord summer isle vibes i'll give her that <gasps> oh my god yeah the fowleries definitely have a private island somewhere <laughs> <laughs> there's some shit going down <laughs> now that's a super thriller we want to read <laughs> Thank you.
Once upon a time. Fireside is the Irish storytelling podcast. Every week we breathe new life into old stories from folklore and mythology, from the mysterious landing of the old Celtic gods to the epic wars fought by Cúchulainn and Queen Maeve, right down to the petty squabbles between headstrong mortals and roguish fairies. We already have a huge collection available with a new episode every Wednesday. This is not just a podcast for folklore fiends, but for anyone who enjoys a good story. And who doesn't love a good story? My name is Kevin C. Olan, and I am your host and your fireside bard. Wherever you are in the world, you can always join me by the fireside. Well, you can listen to Fireside wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can listen to Pi Beta Alpha by signing up to Headstuff Plus for as little as five euro a month wherever you are in the world. And now, back to Sweet Valley, where Liz is heading in early to go to the Oracle office, where Olivia hands her a note that's arrived for her um, in her capacity as Eyes and Ears Chief. <laughs> Chief gossip columnist. Yes. Um, yeah. So it was. It's like an anonymous note, I think, isn't it, on this it piece is. of paper that was dropped in, and at the bottom of the page was scrawled, uh, "Time to ask Andrea Slade about her relationship to the famous rock star we happen to know has just moved to Sweet Valley." And then Penny bursts in and reveals that Jamie Peters has moved to Sweet Valley. Yeah, I suppose this is it because Jess and Lila and Carrie they've actually managed to keep it a secret that he's mm. even in the town really or nobody else has managed to spot him or get the word out at this point but um, yeah Penny runs in and says that she's got a friend who works at the entertainment page of the Sweet Valley News and now the mm-hmm. secret's out because some some real estate agent blabbed it to the press so it's uh, it's all over town now yes and for once Liz actually doesn't jump to some random ridiculous conclusion and immediately wonders if he could be Andrea's mysterious dad very reasonable yeah she's like oh Andrea had been so secretive about her dad and all she'd said was that he transferred a lot and was self-employed and she's like "Hmm, it's a long shot but maybe maybe Andrea's his daughter and that's what the crack is here and it's like yeah she's actually being very reasonable (laughs) and correct for once well done uh, Elizabeth it's rare that we praise your insights (laughs) (laughs) so at lunch Ina tells Liz that Andrea is off sick Um, it turns out that she rang Ina that morning and asked her would she take some notes from some class for her and um, when Liz tells uh, Enid about you know what she thinks might be the case Enid also goes straight to dad not boyfriend yeah they're ext- you wonder is it just that Lila and Jess are just so blinded by Jamie Peters they just assume that any girl in his vicinity must be his girlfriend or something no whereas, matter what age no matter what age yeah because the other two don't really care that much about Jamie Peters and they're just like oh yeah clearly he's her dad yeah, and they obviously know how old he looks yeah, very it's true. They're not, uh, not as blinkered as the others. Um, yeah, and she shows Enid the note uh, as well. So they both kind of figure, yeah, that, that must be what's after happening mm. here. And they wish that Andrea was in school today. Enid's like, I'd love to just come right out and ask her because, you know, she's like, look, even if that is the case, I still don't really get it. Why not just tell us? Like, doesn't she trust us? Mm. Well, um, before they can discuss this further, Jessica and co descend upon them looking for Andrea and then tell them that Andrea is Jamie Peters's live-in girlfriend. Oh, God. Yeah, Liz and Enid are extremely unimpressed by this. Um, yeah. 
Liz is actually kind of cross. She's like, how could you yeah. possibly say something like that? Ina's like, that's a rotten accusation to make. Uh, how do you know anything about her private life? And Amy's like, mm, we have our ways. And um, yeah, they just kind of, they're all, yeah, just again, jumping to mad conclusions. Oh, Caroline Pierce is there as well. Oh so, you yeah, know, good she's, <laughs> she's fallen off the wagon all right. She really has in, yeah, a massive uh, manner. So yeah, they're like, oh, do you think she was a groupie or something? How long have oh. they been together? And it's like, oh God, what do you mean how long have they been together? Do you think she met him when she was fucking 13? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, Liz, thanks. Fuck says because oh yeah, because they say that they saw them together at his house, yeah. and Liz says just because Andrea happened to be with Jamie Peters doesn't mean he's his, she's his girlfriend. Did you ever yeah. stop to consider that he could be her father? And they are <laughs> genuinely stunned. Yeah, that's it's it's funny. The reaction is so weird. It's like, because mm. it's it's clear none of them had even considered yeah, this exactly. possibility. Uh, and I was like, oh, they weren't prepared to take it very seriously, at least not for long. And Amy's really sarcastic. And she's like, yeah, right. As if he's old enough to be Andrea's father. And then he's like, well, maybe he's old, her older brother then. Like, they're just absolutely not buying the fact that he could be related to her other yeah. than a creepy old boyfriend. <laughs> yes. I mean, the, uh, this is one thing that is uh, recurring throughout this book is that their whole thing is, is that uh, he must be young enough to be his to be her boyfriend as well young enough but like they sort of yeah. think he's in his 20s um but it never seems to cross their mind that wow if he is a fucking a 50 60 year old he is disgusting <laughs> like <laughs> they never it doesn't cross their mind like Ugh. that it would be creepy but that's the thing i suppose with like a mad teen fandom like that you're not thinking rationally either you know oh, and it's like, I, I, I could really have a shot with this fucking 30 year old pop star it's like no love you, no that would not be good for anybody and they do want to have a shot at them themselves that's it mm, yeah good point well lo- they're all absolutely disgustingly shameless <laughs> Like, they start going, uh, Lila says, I wouldn't mind getting to be better friends with Andrea and myself. And Jessica's like, I'm sorry to know, get to know her better before. And Amy says she's going to invite her over to her house. And L- Liz loses the rag and just says, you're awful, all of you. And it's true. It's so true. Like, they are all, as you say, absolutely shameless. Like, they're just, and that is that classic Sweet Valley thing again, where it's like, we're just going to be nice to somebody when it's going to be useful to us yes. for, for whatever reason. Or they're going to have some manner of fame or their dad is going to be the mayor or whatever oh, the fuck. Jesus. Like, yeah, the standards are, you know, their their criteria are quite. Whatever little scrap of a spotlight, <laughs> uh, they're just grabbing away. And uh, yeah, Liz is just absolutely fuming with them. And uh, she's like, look, Andrea's going to know you're not genuinely interested in her and you're just using her. And how is that supposed to make her feel um but uh, lila is unbothered and reckons, mm. oh, she's used to it and yeah. uh, i can't wait to spend a little more time with andrea she <laughs> oh, says, yeah, she oh, maybe she can maybe can fix me up with someone and we can double date someone like bruce springsteen <laughs> oh god there we go yeah someone age appropriate like oh, bruce springsteen yes. <laughs> stop it lila <laughs> please lila just no how old is bruce springsteen there and i thought today just look up Oh. He was definitely, I mean, too he, old. He would obviously be too old, even if he was in his twenties. <laughs> but um, for nineteen forty nine. Oh God, forties, <laughs> absolutely not. Like it's, it is weird. Like I know MTV is the most like actually current reference we've ever gotten from them, but they never fancy like whoever the teen heartthrob would be in early nineties. Like why don't any of them like 
I don't know, Rob Lowe or like yes. Christian Slater or like Christian Slater. Go with Christian you would Slater. Somebody actually fancy or Keanu. Oh my god, Keanu. Like, come on. <laughs> I was fancying Keanu at this stage. Why Absolutely. can't Christian Slater? Why can't you, sweet valiants? What's the matter with you people? <laughs> Fucking Mick Jagger and Bruce Springsteen. Like literally Keanu's right there. Speed has probably just come out. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what what year did this um did this I'm gonna look up what year did this book come out? Like we're definitely into early nineties, like ninety three, ninety four. So oh my god. Well if we are then I am now older than them in real life. Street <laughs> <laughs> Valley High Books, Wikipedia. Let's see. Yeah, my there copy doesn't go. have a, a list an imprint of Sweet Valley High Books. <laughs> Da, 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 da. This is what you pay the big bucks for, Headstock Plus members. <laughs> 1991, the year I turned 16. Okay, so, so who did you fancy when you were 16? Because I bet it wasn't Bruce Springsteen. I fancy Christian Slater. And exactly. I fancy Keanu. That was just before Bogus Journey came out. But I had fancy oh, lovely. Yeah. Intense, excellent adventure. Perfect. So, uh, yeah. Yes, I did not fancy uh, Bruce Springsteen. Who <laughs> <laughs> was closer to my dad's age. Like, yeah, it's dad rock, like, at that stage. Come on. Well, anyway. <laughs> this is, I mean, we, we should be used to this sort of shenanigans of um, the, the sweet valiance. Oh, just, would a current reference kill them? Like, really, they were doing so well with MTV and just, mm. anyway. <laughs> well, Liz is so disgusted by this uh, appalling, shameless uh, discussion that she and Edith walk off. But she does wonder why Jamie, or why Andrea didn't just tell Enid and Liz about mm. her dad like didn't she trust them or did she have something to hide meanwhile poor old Andrea is at home with a stinking cold oh. and he apparently her dad can't really understand why she hasn't told people about him but she says she's um until she said look she's tired of being used to get to him and he does understand that because he does seem like a good dad he actually does yeah like it's yeah we don't actually hear very much from him it's all kind of Jamie from a distance when everyone thinks he's a big creep but he's actually quite a nice man it seems like yeah and like the only reason she's had to move a lot is because obviously he's had to tour and record in various places so Mm. um you know he he does uh, he has um told her that he wants to you know find a settled home for them uh, probably he's tired of touring and who can blame him because he is in his 40s oh, he's getting on a bit now <laughs> <laughs> well apparently um, she's you know he's promised that he's here to stay and they're both really enjoying Sweet Valley High or sorry Sweet Valley <laughs> no. just, just Sweet Valley <laughs> <laughs> no he is not hanging around the school he is not enjoying be creepy. Sweet Valley High oh no call the cops yeah. oh god <laughs> Uh, well, she goes in to get a drink, but then she hears from the, she's been hanging by the pool, but then she overhears uh, Jamie talking to his agent, Leo, about an Italian tour. Oh, no. Yeah. So she she thinks at first that maybe they were talking about this film contract, uh, because once that's signed, they were definitely going to be staying mm. around Sweet Valley for a good long while. But yeah, she hears this Italian tour stuff and um, she hears her dad kind of saying, yeah, no, I love the idea of it, but I told you. And he kind of trails off and he's like, yeah, 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 grand. Look, just send me the details and I'll think about it. Are you happy now? So, you know, I suppose when you when you look at it that way, he is just kind of trying to to just get his agent off the phone and you know potentially isn't actually that interested in it but as far as she's concerned he's considering another tour he's going to break the deal that they've made and uh, she's like oh no I should confront him but she just can't bring herself to do it so she just thinks look maybe if I just pretend like I've, I've never heard anything it'll all just go away 
Well, that is typical Sweet Valley style. She's learned their their ways very well, just ignoring your problems and hoping that they'll somehow solve themselves. So when she returns to school she, the next day, she still hasn't said anything to her dad. And she's looking out for Enid and Liz, but she doesn't see them for her first class. And when she settles down in her, in her seat, who should approach but Amy? Oh, Amy is all over her like a bad smell. Oh, like she's shameless. just straight in there. She's like, Andrea, how are you? Isn't it the worst missing school because of a cold? Do you need notes? She's like, I can bring them over to your house if you want. And Andrea's like, what? Since when is Amy Sutton so interested in her? Like, mm. right, rightly enough, she's very suspicious. Yes. And uh, especially when Amy is all like, I'll call you when the class starts. <laughs> God. <laughs> And uh, the next class, Caroline and Sandy Bacon are all oh. weird around her. And after oh, class, Sandy Bacon, <laughs> your favorite name. And after class, Caroline like sidles up to her and is uh, just sort of creepy and like, and I love your sweater. It's like, oh, you had a cold yesterday. As if that's a, I don't know, an innuendo. I don't really understand why she's making a big deal about um Andrea having a cold. <laughs> Who understands anything Caroline Pierce does? Apparently, <laughs> when she says, Oh, a cold, there's something strangely insinuating about her tone. Insinuating what? I know. She's like, so strange. <laughs> um, so uh, Andrea is just freaked out, understandably, by all this. And then she notices that people who she doesn't even know are sort of whispering about her and giggling. And um, she has a flashback to. Uh, her school in Boston, where her best friend in the world, Diana Cushing, betrayed her. Oh no, yeah, apparently the stuff with Diana was ancient history. Two years old now, but it still hurt. So they were in uh, ninth grade together in school. Diana was the only girl in the whole place that Andrea actually trusted, and they told her all their fears and secrets and become really close. But um, Andrea found out that Diana's mother was a reporter for an entertainment magazine. But oh yeah, at the time she hadn't thought anything of it, because she was used to, I suppose, people you know, working in media and that not really being a big deal. But uh, eventually the truth came out where Diana was only friends with Andrea because her mother wanted to get close to Jamie <gasps> Peters to get a story. So again, hard enough. Yeah. how did that story not include the fact you had a child? And how a child Jessica exactly. not know about it. But... Secret love child with his uh, wife who had passed away. Yeah. Oh, is that Don't a love child? Love or is that child. Just, <laughs> is that, it's just a regular child, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I I mean, Jessica thinks she's a fan, but I think that uh, considering, you know, entertainment reporters were sending their children to spy on on Andrea, I don't really understand how the secret did not come out before now. Um, So, yeah, since that day, Andrea gave up on being friends with anybody who knew who her dad was. But, um, yeah, she she realised that her attempts to keep it a secret in Sweet Valley have clearly failed and uh, luckily when she finds Liz and Enid at lunch they're acting totally normally but um, she's she's just about to tell them the truth but before she can say anything who should appear but Lila and she Ooh. has a favour to ask God straight in with the favours like she's so funny um, yeah she's uh, she says that you know I've been talking to Jessica and Amy about this they think it's nervy of me to ask you for a favour but I feel like we know each other pretty well don't you think so Lila demanded it's like no bitch have you ever like spoken to her at all ever <laughs> you, you literally haven't 
Truly, yeah. But um, yeah, so she says that uh, <laughs> Lila's like, I've been taking music lessons from Mac Sharp. Have you heard of him? And she's like, no. Um, but Lila insists, oh, he's wonderful. And uh, thanks to him, I've gotten really serious about an instrument called the marimba. It's African. I'm sure you know all about it, knowing as much as you do about everything musical. And Andrea's just sitting there going, oh, God, I hate this. <laughs> And she hates it even more when Lila says, I want you to set up an audition for me with Jamie. Nothing fancy, just a chance to let him hear what I sound like. Maybe when he cuts an album, who knows? He might need a marimba player. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's going to go a new direction for his new album. Who knows? All marimba all the time. Maybe. Well, Andrea, is, Andrea is understandably like, what the fuck? And, yeah. Um uh, and says she doesn't think it's a good idea and then Lila turns nasty yeah this is this is poor form now on Lila's part oh no she's appalling she's very bad our flat face queen letting us down once again she's a problematic um, fave you know what the most problematic fave mm. <laughs> yeah she says um, she's getting angry and she's like come on Andrea you're trying to say you don't have any sway over him and Andrea's like that's not the point um, and uh, Lila kind of says oh you know maybe he doesn't even listen to you although if I were you that would bother me a lot <gasps> after all you are his girlfriend <laughs> oh and then doesn't he always claim in his songs and interviews he'd do anything for you and Andrea just starts laughing Oh, God. I mean, yes, that's, I think, a very reasonable reaction on her part. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Lila is most unamused and she's like, what's so funny? Don't try to wriggle out of this one, Andrea. We all know the truth, so don't think you can deny it. And Andrea's <gasps> like, OK, what's the truth then, Lila? Um, that Jamie Peters is my boyfriend. And um, Lila just kind of, yeah, is just like, well, isn't he? But um, Andrea just is like, no, nope, fuck this. I'm out of here. She just gets up and walks away. Um, she oh no she does no. say it's none of your business oh yes sorry I, I messed it up <laughs> no, well, I mean it's a dramatic scene you, it's easy to get uh, over swept away swept away with the drama <laughs> as Andrea does with her own rage that's true yeah so she kind of feels like this is her chance to to give all the, the kids who had ever bothered her about her dad mm. uh, the answer that she had actually wanted to so she she tells Lila something she'd wanted to say for so long but never had the nerve to do so she says Lila listen to me it's none of your business who Jamie Peters is to me and Lila's mouth just like falls open so that's when Andrea says I've got to get out of here and that's when she stomps off out <gasps> of the lunchroom yeah and who can blame her <laughs> and Liz and Enid tell Lila she doesn't have a she doesn't know what she's talking about and she should shut her pie hole and Lila stomps off <laughs> so, there's a lot of stomping off in this in this book well we cut to a new boutique called Matahari's oh amazing love it <laughs> yeah I hope this gets added to the the canonical um shopping uh, directory, directory. <laughs> better than the designer shop anyway oh god and <laughs> Lila uh, Jessica is angry with Lila for blowing it with Andrea and she's sure that if she had met Andrea first she would have handled it perfectly uh, a couple of slick references to Jamie's latest album a few compliments and before you could say pride Jessica and Andrea would have been fast friends <laughs> Jesus what <laughs> and uh, but um, Lila uh claims that she doesn't need Andrea's help because Jamie will probably tire of her soon and throw her out before too long. Oh, so God. she's she's still going to go for an audition with them. Now now that she's finally discovered her true calling. Yeah, all this time it was the marimba who was just waiting for her. <laughs> Jessica's like, so the way you see things, Jamie's going to dump Andrea, hire you as his star marimba player and then you two will live happily ever after. Lila just says something like that. 
Mm, yeah. <laughs> so they leave Matahari's, and who should they bump into carrying a huge bouquet but Nicholas Morrow? Oh, that's him. Yeah, he's mm. coming across the street. And just when you thought they were doing well with the shop names, he's coming out of the flower shop. Of course he is. <laughs> Although I will say it's shop with two P's and an E, so at least there's a, a little bit of flavour there. <laughs> but still, they're, they're trying a little bit, but not enough. Trying something, frankly. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Lila just basically tells him directly that uh, he shouldn't really bother buying Andrea flowers because she's living with Jamie Peters. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think is it that yeah Jessica and Lila didn't know that uh, Andrea and Nicholas have been seeing each other. Um, so yeah, so they're just like, oh yeah, yeah, wouldn't waste my time, man. Mm-hmm. And he's horrified, doesn't question it at all. So oh, no. he's never met these, you know, scheming bitches before. <laughs> and uh, he thinks, oh, this explains why she was so cagey about home. And Lila says that maybe Andrea needs more than one man. Jesus. Fucking <laughs> hell, Lila. So and the, Nicholas thrusts the flowers into her arms and runs off. And even Jessica starts to wonder, like, what if we've made a mistake? Mm. And then we cut to poor Andrea, who was at the Fairmont, an inn, we're told. An inn, no less. Yeah. Not a pub or a restaurant, an inn, like we're in 18th century <laughs> times. We're time travelling now on top yes. of everything else. <laughs> well, she is given a letter by the hostess of this inn. And it is proof that Nicholas is, yet again, a total dick. Oh, the worst. Can you tell us what's in this letter? Yeah, he, well, this is it, because Andrea's a little bit late. Um, So when she arrives, she says, look, I'm meeting someone, uh, Nicholas Morrow. Is he here already? So when she's handed this note, um, she tears it open and it's fucking Nicholas. He's like, <gasps> oh, sorry, I couldn't meet you in person. I don't really feel up to facing you right now. I think, you'll, I think you'll understand how shocked I was when I ran into some people who know you from school. Like, he's just... Uh, breaking up with her because of hearsay it's so yes. ridiculous and he's like and they told me you were living with jamie peters why didn't you tell me andrea i thought there was something really special between us like if there's something special between you then fucking talk to her face to face yes. little bitch like don't leave her a note stand her up and leave her a note i know so rude oh, um oh he's the worst so then he's like oh you're the last thing in the world i'd ever have imagined is that you could be involved with another guy now i know the truth i feel like an idiot it's pretty hard being the last to know so poor andrea is understandably upset and shocked and I suppose it's the fact that someone told Nicholas that she was Jamie Peters' girlfriend yeah. but then also the fact that he's like handled it like this um, but then again there's like a voice in her head saying you didn't tell Lila the truth you were angry and you mocked her and it's like yeah but Lila had all of that coming like none of this no, is on God, Andrea yeah. in fairness so no. I don't I don't like that they're trying to make it sound like this is because Andrea didn't tell the truth it's like no fuck off it's no one's business exactly <laughs> so she's devastated understandably and she feels she can't go home and you know um, face her dad at the moment until we're told this whole wretched mess blew over I mean that could be weeks it's not going to be weeks because of Sweet Valley, they have memories like goldfish. But like, I mean, I don't know. What what does it take for it to blow over, I wonder? <laughs> Who even knows? Well, back at the casa, Jess answers the phone and is uh, is quite surprised and stunned. Very much so. Uh, her eyebrows shot up so far that Liz thought she must have gotten an electric shock. <laughs> 
um yeah so she answers and she's like oh yes i mean i mean no this is uh her sister but i could talk to you oh uh yes i see okay yes <laughs> she's like trembling handing over the receiver to liz she's like it's jamie peters he wants to talk to you <laughs> so he says as we knew he's andrea's dad and mm-hmm. she hasn't come home and left a message and he's really worried and he found her number and enid's number on andrea's desk so that's you know he's heard about them and so he's asking, does Liz know where Andrea could be? And of course, Liz doesn't. But she says she'll check in with Enid and Nicholas. And she's about to ring Nicholas when Jessica says she thinks there's something Liz should know before she talks to him. So we cut to Elizabeth arriving at the Morrow house where she tells Nicholas the truth. And as they head to Enid's, she says, what a jerk I am. I should have talked to Andrea myself instead of just standing her up like that. Yes. No we shit, should. Nicholas. Jesus, like, also he's like eighteen or something. Oh so he also, my God. I mean, he shouldn't even be going out with a sixteen-year-old anyway. No. <laughs> well, Liz is horrified that he stood her up. So good, glad Liz is. Liz is, has actually got some sort of moral compass in this book, which I kind of like. The books where she actually is as appalled as we are by That's what's going true. on around her. It's it's actually a pretty solid Liz book in that she's got the right reactions to things and she's very straightforward and mad at people when she should be. So I, yeah. I do appreciate that. Yeah. Well, when they get to, they find Enid, it uh, turns out that uh, she's been talking to to Jamie um, and she's not at her aunt's in L.A. So they he, they've no idea where she could be. But Nicholas says he knows. Yeah, so he snaps his fingers and he's like, I've got it, Enid, turn around, take a left at the light and head down to the marina. So he reckons that uh, they just need to trust him and, and that if Andrea's anywhere nearby, that's where she'll be. Because uh, I suppose she doesn't know the town super well, so they reckon there's only a certain she number certainly of places. doesn't. She's... Well, she really fucking doesn't. <laughs> but uh, he reckons, yeah, the marina is, is probably where they'll find her. And of course it is. Mm-hmm. And Nicholas begs forgiveness and uh, she's like, I didn't tell you the truth because people just like me because my dad's famous. And... Um, Enid says, you know, didn't you trust us? We thought we were we were already friends. And she says she does, but she's been burnt before. And she apologizes to them all, including Nicholas, for not being honest. And um, which, you know, after him standing up, I don't think she needs to apologize. And then she says, again, this is like they really glaze over or uh, the, the, the thought that he could be an old perv. He says, I'm not saying I can understand how you could believe I was living with my dad that way. I mean, he's young for my dad, but he's a little too old to have a a teenage girlfriend. (laughs) I mean, you'd like to think. You would hope. In an ideal world, yes, all men of that age would be far too old to have a teenage (laughs) girlfriend. However. (laughs) Yes, I think history has shown Uh. (laughs) that this is... uh, not that rare. Not the case. Yeah. Actually, do you know, I was reading a piece in, in a French magazine about this French director, Mai Wen, and she was Luc Besson's girlfriend when she was Oh no. Oh god, Luc Besson is the biggest creep. And oh no. at about the same time, uh she went out with him when she was twelve. Fuck off. Oh no, sorry. She met her when she was 12, began dating, I'm looking at it now, when she was 15. Ugh. And in January 1993, age 16, she had his child. Oh my God, that is horrendous. And Luc Besson also went out with Mila Jovovich. Christ. Oh no. And she, because she is my age, she was. he was married to her 
uh, when um, she was something like 18. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no, she was in. Oh, I guess she was slightly older because um, she was in her early 20s. But at that stage, he was like, I don't know, in his 50s, 60s. Oh no, and I I have very much enjoyed the work of Luke Besson, I have oh, to say. No. He oh, is Jesus. an old He really is. I had no idea about any of that. Born, God, why, why are men? <laughs> born 1959 and got married to a 15-year-old in 1992 and a 21-year-old in 1997. Absolutely rotten. Oh God. So Jesus. that is the climate. That was all the early 90s. So... Yeah, that's the climate that Jamie Peters would have been per not Jamie Peters was a perfect around him, because we know he is a nice man. But it's <laughs> a nice fictional man. It's not beyond the bounds of credibility that oh. some gross old perv would have been shaggy teenager. Gross. Oh well, that's awful. So Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 sorry for going on that depressing sideline. <laughs> Jesus. Like Seinfeld is bad enough, but yeah, oh, actually, God, actually it was the same time. Yeah, like oh they were all their age dating sixteen year olds. Jesus. Gross old men. Oh, what I'm uh, lucky I escaped that period as a teenager unscathed. Absolutely. Jesus Christ. Well, what a time. <laughs> well, luckily Jamie Peters is a good guy and um they head back to the house so he doesn't, you know. Um, he knows that his child is alive yeah. <laughs> and on the way Andrea says that she's going to make sure that whatever happens whether he goes into her or not she's not going anywhere she's going to stay in Sweet Valley so meanwhile Jessica has told Lila the truth and uh, they decide to not go back to their favourite place the bushes by the pool this is how we'll help we'll go back to spying on him <laughs> yes and while they're in, their bu- in the bushes who should they see emerge from the house Oh, God. Uh, yes, they can hear happy voices emerging. So um, they hear Jamie saying, oh, thank God you're OK, Andrea. I'm, I was so worried about you. And then she's like, I'm sorry, Dad. I know I should have called and left a message. Jessica like pokes Lila and she's like, see, she called him Dad. What more proof do you want? <laughs> and uh, then they see that Liz and Enid are also there right next to them out by the pool. Yeah, so the gang's all there. And um, they make so much noise rustling around in there <laughs> that... Uh, and uh, Jamie and Nicholas um, yank them out just, <laughs> just after uh, Jamie has revealed that he's turned down the tour and uh, he didn't mention it to her, uh, didn't mention it to Andrea because he wanted to surprise her with the news that they were saying it's been Valley for good. Oh, yeah. He's signing whatever movie contract was going to keep him there. So, yeah, so they're, they're actually all good. But yeah, then then they immediately have to like cartoonishly yank Lila and Jessica out of a giant bush. Yes. And Jamie and Jessica is like, or sorry, Liz is like, what the fuck, Jessica? And Jamie, I mean, you're not the brightest, Jamie. Um, because he says, sounds like you know these two. It's like, yes, she does know her. They have the same head. Literally the same face. Come on, Jamie, wake up, man. But then Lila is magnificent. <laughs> She's so good. Um, yeah, she like brushes a piece of greenery out of her hair and with perfect composure, put out her hand to shake Jamie's. My name is Lila Fowler. I live a few doors down. Perhaps you've noticed our mansion. It's a real pleasure to meet you. Like, just breezes in. Yeah. Absolutely chill. It's fine. I wasn't really in a bush. Don't worry yep. about it. <laughs> and he's like, well, ordinarily it would be a pleasure to meet you too, but what were you doing? Like 
hiding in the bushes. And Lila's like, oh, we were too shy. <laughs> and uh, Liz asks, Liz, or Jessica asks Liz, how many nights of chores will she do to keep this a secret from their parents? And then Jamie is, is like, oh, I get it. No wonder you two look so familiar. You've got the same face, he cried. Oh, Jamie, slow on the uptake, my dude. Come on now. Oh, I mean, really, Jamie. How, that's, that's, <laughs> quite a long conversation has taken place before he realizes they are identical twins. I know. It was like, was she standing in the dark? Is that? I was kind of trying to give him some credit here, but it, it doesn't sound like that. It's like he's just no. not the brightest. <laughs> God love him, though. He's. Uh, <laughs> I'm just judging him from what was clearly the standards of the early nineties, and just relieved that he's actually a decent dad and a nice guy. To take the win. Yeah. So Lila apologizes to Andrea for spreading the rumor that Andre that. Uh, Andre and Jamie were lovers and Jamie is shocked but then says wow I should be flattered that you guys think I look that young or that you're a nonce (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't that they thought you were particularly young Jamie I hate to break it to you And Andrea shows again that she has a backbone when she rightly says, I wish I could tell you that it's okay and I forgive you. But, you know, basically it's not. And Lila says, look, Jessica and I will personally guarantee that everyone at school will know the truth about you and Jamie Peters. Will that help? And Andrea's like, "Uh, maybe, I don't know. (laughs) But... um, uh, she learned, says that Andrea says she's learned that it was a, it's a bad idea to keep secrets. And Jamie says it's the same. Like he wanted the film contract that he's just signed to be a surprise. So he didn't, he left her wondering where they really, you know, yeah. settled down. Um, so it caused a lot of pointless stress. Mm-hmm. No more secrets. And uh, Jessica wants to hang around and ask questions about the film. But Jamie's like, uh, I think your parents are probably going to be a bit worried. And, um, you know, I'm glad that, uh, Andre has made some some friends, some real friends. So you know, all's well that ends well. And as they all leave, somebody stays behind. Oh God, yeah. Jessica's like, "Come on, Lila, let's go." Lila's like, "You guys go ahead. I have a quick question. I have to ask Jamie." And um, Jessica, as she's walking through the piano do- patio door, uh, she distinctly heard Lila pronouncing the word marimba. <laughs> I know Lila's so evil in this book, but she's also magnificent. She's our favorite villainess. She's oh, just so cartoonish. forever. I mean, look, you can't get better than that. <laughs> Well, after school on Friday, Liz and Enid are in the Box Tree Cafe mm-hmm. and they're delighted that Andrea is staying in Sweet Valley and somehow they're confident that everybody, you know, nobody will want to be friends with her just because of who her dad is, even though they have already shown that they <laughs> absolutely will be like that. That's and the exact kind of assholes they are. <laughs> yes. And I mean, already when they turned, they thought that she was his living lover, they were, you know, sucking up to her. So, I mean, I don't know why you suddenly think, Liz, that they're going to just treat her like one of the gals from mm. now on, because they are also extremely shallow and turn on people for, you know, and, and turn on people and uh, turn towards people when they think that they have some sort of, you know, social capital or riches. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Mm. Well, uh, anyway, they're, uh, they think that everything's going to be fine for Andrea. And there's also some amazing news about Lila. Oh, my God. Um, yes. <laughs> Apparently, Andrea told them that uh, Jamie wants to give Lila a bit part in the movie he's making. And this piece of news, it stunned everybody, particularly Jessica and Amy. Uh, Apparently, she isn't that good. That's what Andrea told me anyway. But Jamie thinks she might be perfect for a small comic role in the movie as a marimba player. <laughs> So Lila's been telling everyone that she's been discovered. 
I mean, I I do love that this happens. I <laughs> agree too. with Liz that yeah, when I came out of the whole thing, it'll do well. Oh, definitely a little too well. There's no lesson learned here. Like no, which I kind of love for once because it's live. If it was Jessica, I'd be enraged. Well, that's it because that's always the fucking shit with Jessica. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm happy for Lila to take a win even though it's undeserved. True, true. I'm sorry. We, we can't help it, listeners. Like, we just love Lila. We're biased. Except when she really crosses. I mean, there's sometimes she crosses the line into true evil and then that is very true. sad. But yeah. this is more cartoonish villainy. Exactly, yes. <laughs> so they uh, they head off. Um, of course, they're hanging around with Todd, Andrea and Nick later. So for all of you, it's going to be a bit of a fifth wheel. Mm-hmm. That rendezvous with Andrea and, Ni- and Nicholas fawning over each other. <laughs> but uh, Liz thanks, hugs Enid and thanks her for introducing her to Andrea, who has enhanced all their lives so much. God, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so uh, once that, they bid each other farewell. Elizabeth bumps into Sky Morrow. Oh yes. Uh so Mrs. Morrow is um there. So they yeah. get a little we get a little reminder of how good she looks, that she's a beautiful woman and had been a model and all this. And um yeah, she she seems in a bit of a daze herself, I think, but she just says that she's glad to see Liz, uh, because she has something for her and she was planning to call her about it this weekend. Um uh-huh. So she says that, uh, you know, I know how close you were to Regina and I often think about how dear a friend you were to her and how helpful you were and all this. And they're both a bit sad about Regina for a little while. But um, yeah, she says that she didn't have the strength to go through Regina's things until this past week. And that's when she found, oh yeah, she doesn't say what she found. She's like, it's something Mm. I'd like for you to have. And I know Regina would have wanted you to have had something of hers. Yes. So Liz is very touched and says that means so much to me. Yeah. So um. Yeah, she's uh, Mrs. Morrow is going to drop this this thing over her over to Liz tomorrow, and mm. we're told that Elizabeth, uh, whatever it was, she knew she would cherish it. She could hardly wait until the next day when Mrs. Morrow's package would arrive, <gasps> and that's the end of Rockstar's Girl. That's it. Yes, <gasps> can you read us out? What could Regina's mother want Elizabeth to have? Find out in Sweet Valley High number 73, Regina's Legacy. And I actually don't know what she wants her to have because this is one of the very few books I have not read. Ooh, I haven't read this one either, but like I have the copy of it. So Ooh. I know what's on the cover. So I think I know what the, the thing is. Oh, okay. I think the thing is on the cover. I think. Ooh, okay, I must investigate. <laughs> find out. <laughs> I must investigate this thing. This thing. I'm not going to ruin it. <laughs> no, no. Oh, I'm sure this will be a very exciting surprise. <laughs> oh, you definitely won't be disappointed or let down in any shape or form. No, that's never <laughs> happened in one of these books before. But uh, before we we I, I ponder the exciting uh, mystery gift, do you have stats and outfits? Well, speaking of being disappointed. Ah. <laughs> so the blonde has only got one mention like what i know criminal no uh, way yeah the blue green eyes only got two that, i'm yeah. really surprised i, I genuinely know. thought there'd be more me too and it's yeah it was annoying because there was a good bit of mention of eyes in general just like lighting up and brightening and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff but no color detail so that was like you know you can't count it unless the color's there no. um on the plus side lila did flip her hair three times so that was pretty good okay that is good <laughs> um and then in terms of outfits not a huge amount now to be honest jessica grabs a denim jacket on her way out at one point mm. um and then in terms of full outfit descriptions it's actually the lads uh more <gasps> 
so than anything oh, else. Do you so, remember Nicholas having quite a... Yes, Nicholas on his boat, on the SS Implication. He is wearing a pair of well-faded blue jeans, a little worn at the knees, and a white cotton polo shirt that showed off his tan. <gasps> so that's uh, that's him ready for a bit of murdering on a boat. Dennis Reynolds um, on holiday. I mean, you know, that's that's uh, that's the look. Mm. Then Jamie Peters uh, out by the pool when the girls are spying on him. He's wearing faded blue jeans and a white cotton shirt unbuttoned just enough to show off a gorgeous tanned chest. Oh. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. I know. It's like he just seems impossible to fancy when you just keep thinking like, oh, God, does he have a teenage girlfriend? No, he doesn't. It's OK. Uh, well, no, <laughs> it's just, I mean, the damage least, is done. At least <laughs> like, he, he is, doesn't. He is unfanciable, however. <laughs> he does have a big old cheesy head. Very much so, yes. And uh, then when they're in Mata Harry, Lila and Jess, Lila picks up the sleeve of a yellow silk blouse because <gasps> it simply wouldn't be Sweet Valley without at least one silk blouse. I cannot believe I didn't even notice that silk blouse. <laughs> God damn it. I was oh, so they would, uh... you least expect them. Yeah. Well, uh, listeners, let us know what you thought of Rockstar's Girl and... Uh, <laughs> Um, and Lila's marimba career. Is there another sort of marimba that we don't know about? Are we, are I, we... Like, yeah, I, like, I actually doubted myself and looked up marimba. I was and, like, the same. Like, I know what a marimba looks like and it is what I thought it was. <laughs> so I know. Same I'm here. bamboozled by this stringed African instrument that they keep talking about. Well, let us know what you thought of marimba was, listeners. Uh, <laughs> we, we love hearing from you. You can, uh, we, we, you can contact us, of course, at Twitter at SVH Podcast. And uh, the other uh, the other week, we asked you who you thought would play the Sweet Valley Gang from the Muppets. <laughs> and Lazy Leslie Noak gave some incredible suggestions. She said, "Liz and Jess are the twins from Muppet Christmas Carol." Oh my god! <laughs> and the picture she has included is perfect. Of course, I can't. Oh my god! Like, of course, yes. Piggy twins. <laughs> yes, perfect. <laughs> Lila is Miss Piggy with brown hair, and she oh. has shared a picture of Miss Piggy with brown hair that I've never seen before. Amazing. Bruce is a link hogthrob, a pig, of course. <laughs> oh yes, uh, yeah. I think I did see that picture yes. actually, and yes, was delighted by that because it, it yes, perfect. <laughs> and Ken is one of my own fave Muffets, Rolf. Oh, <laughs> he is lovely. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they were some good, uh, some some good Sweet Valley Muppeteers. Mm. And uh, Julianne put a picture of Janice and said, "Lila Flatface Fowler hashtag <laughs> Muppets do Sweet Valley." <laughs> There's so much good potential there for something. <laughs> oh, so much potential. And uh, of course, we're also on Instagram um, where people had uh, plenty of things to say. Pippi Ann Shirley uh, has understood our, our childish amusement to misunderstandings over <laughs> the word fanny as it is used on each side of the Atlantic. And um, said that uh, she had an aunt by marriage from Liverpool who would fall over laughing whenever anyone mentioned Fanny Pax, I mean us two, or Fanny Bay, a teeny town of Vancouver Island. Amazing. <laughs> um, also on Instagram, Tracy Fox uh, reminded us how we knew Danny Stauffer. 
Yeah, he was the guy that Jess went like dry humping in the front of the car with the twins at the back. Uh, th- those creepy twins, were they like Ned's business associates? Yes, that they had to babysit. Complicated or... bullshit. Yeah, she went to the drive-in with Danny and uh, made out with him with, <laughs> when yeah. the two girls were in the back and it was very inappropriate. <laughs> and Neri on Instagram uh, said, oh my glorious gods, I forgot what a basically perfect Sweet Valley High book this is. It's got a brilliant clip show, has the most amazing outfits, the most <laughs> unsubtle yet still fantastic Lila Bruce villainy and all caps the kiss oh. and then she rightly says this should have been the start of Sweet Valley's greatest power couple ever screw you Liz and Todd <laughs> think of the glorious love banter the hot burns they could have formed the greatest business merger in Sweet Valley history <laughs> they could have basically started Amazon together turning that humble canning factory into a global <laughs> internet shopping phenomenon complete with a fully automated warehouse systems all of Sweet Valley High's biggest computer nerds would be engineering the robot workers Liz oh and Olivia God. would start a campaign against the loss of all those human <laughs> warehouse jobs, but also grappling with the issues of how workers are treated in the warehouses. This, our final statement in all caps, makes me want to applaud. This is what Sweet Valley Confidential and the Sweet Life <gasps> should have been. Oh, Neri coming in with the facts. Absolutely. 100% agree. So, so true. <laughs> Well, listeners, I don't know if Rockstar's Girl will inspire anybody to such glorious heights, but if it does, <laughs> get onto us at Twitter at SVH Podcast. You can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, you can find us on Instagram at SVH Podcast, where as ever, uh, Karen has been doing sterling work with her design skills. And <laughs> for those of you who haven't signed up to Pi Beta Alpha yet, you can see some quite spectacular fan art yeah. only word to describe it but Lila things, feared things, things I was or, doing when I should have been working <laughs> that, well that Lila has has uh, has has sort of taken centre stage in some of these images as as she should as is right yeah if you want to see what Gold Fowler looks like and believe me you do <laughs> you can see her in all her glory in uh, SVH podcast on Instagram. And of course, you can join us in Pi Beta Alpha, um, where we discuss the Sweet Valley High TV series by signing up to Headstuff Plus at headstuffpodcasts.com for as little as five euros a month. Um, and we will see our Pi Beta Alpha crew in the clubhouse next week um, when uh, you're going to want to listen to this, listeners. Because, you know, we've talked about Enid Rollins being hopped up on Benny's. <laughs> well, do you want to see her being hopped up on Benny's? I mean, how could you not? Technically, she isn't hopped up on Benny. She smokes a yeah. single joint. But oh, still, it is secrets. And it it's, absolutely is. <laughs> it takes some liberties with the book, but it's kind of got some of the basic beats there. That's true. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, it's a fairly, a pretty good take on it, I would mm. say. Yeah. Well, that's what we'll be discussing in the uh, in the clubhouse next week. So we will see you there, Pi Beta Alpha members. Uh, don't take any speed before then. And <laughs> we will see everybody in two weeks when we find out what happens when Elizabeth Wakefield receives <gasps> Regina's legacy. Oh, damn. See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. 
Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at woodhousebuickgmc.com. We are professional grade.